Welcome to the Unbecoming Podcast, where you can join me, Stephanie Baranowski, in an authentic, personal perspective of my expat journey and my many travel adventures. Grab a beverage of your choice, set yourself up in a cozy environment, and be prepared to be inspired. Each episode, I open up my personal narrative of what it's like to unbecome everything you once were in order to become everything you were meant to be. Let's dive in, head first, eyes closed, and a strong cup of faith. May 31st, 2023. My one year anniversary. I have been in London for one whole year. And when I set myself on this journey, I didn't know how long I was going to be. And even along the way, Throughout the year, there were moments where I'm like, oh, what did I do? Should I turn around? Should I go back home? And I pushed myself and I pushed myself. No, you committed yourself. You invested the time, the money, the energy in making this happen. You are fulfilling this all the way through. I kept pushing. I kept telling myself. It's almost like a a marathon runner. For those of you who are runners or maybe you work out at the gym or Maybe there's something that you, you, in your mind, it's like a constant thing where you, have, you know you have to keep pushing yourself forward. It's so like a marathon runner. Oh, I just need to get myself to that last kilometer. Keep pushing. Just keep one foot on forward in front of the other. Keep going. Keep going. In your mind, you're telling yourself this. Same thing. It's like I was running a marathon being here in London. In my mind, when things would get challenging and difficult and I wanted to turn around and go back home, that would be the easy route. And my dad had said to me before I had come, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You come back home? And I kept telling myself, I can't go back home. Yes, it's there for me. And even my friends were saying, Stephanie, Winnipeg is always going to be here for you. We're not going anywhere. We're always going to be here. So at the back of my mind, that was there. I always have this, this soft cushion, this soft pillow to land on if I needed to. There was moments where I really wanted that soft landing. I really just wanted to be home. And in my mind, I kept myself strong. And I kept telling myself, no, keep going. You have things you need to do and lessons you need to learn while you're here. And if you turn around now and you go back now, You're not going to be able to learn these hard lessons. You're going to be walking away from the opportunity of growth. And so I kept going on. And when I reflect on the last year, and I reflect on who I was a year ago, and I even started looking at photos of myself, selfies I had taken of myself a year ago. What did I look like? How did I live my life? What were some of the key concepts I held in my value system? Well, I can assure you all of that has changed. My photos, when I compare my two photos, and it's only been a year, and I look at my photos from before I left, and from the day that I landed, And the week that I was here, the first week that I was here in London, and I noticed that I had this innocent, 
baby-like look to me. Not that that's a bad thing, but there was an innocence to my face. My eyes, the way my I smiled, the way I held and carried myself through my photo, everything was very innocent. Which is interesting because I had been through a lot, a lot of relationship stuff. I had been through a lot of icky stuff that I had healed, that I had healed and that I had brought myself through and I had learned some deeper lessons. But there was still a component of me that was very innocent. I hadn't quite yet seen my full growth and potential. And even now, even a year later, I don't think I've still seen my full growth and potential. But I was so very innocent looking back. When I compare my photo to here, to the now, I look at it and I see wisdom, confidence, a sexiness. And I don't know where that came from because it's not like I was really dating here in London. But there's a presence about me that's quite, quite different and deep and open. And I guess here the culture in the UK, women here really focus on their outward appearance and really focus, not that we don't do that in North America, but really Women are getting their nails done and their hair done and their eyelashes done and their makeup is always done. And they're, they are always carrying around, you know, the designer handbags. There's like a, a feminine presence that's very prominent here. Whereas in North America, we have a feminine presence, but I think in North American culture, we're also very work focused and, and equality matters. And so I think uh, part of the femininity has been taken out of women. And not that we're not feminine, again, like I said, not that we're not feminine in North America, but we're not fully in our present feminine form because we're also trying to balance femininity with finding equality in the masculine world in the workplace. Whereas here in the UK... There's very much still this, yes, women are in the workplace, but there is still this quality of staying true to your femininity. And there is still this somewhat concept of the tradition of man and women's roles a lot of the times. And I think maybe it's because there's so much culture and so many diverse people here coming from countries where they might be a little bit more conservative in that sense. And they're bringing those values in here. And you can see it. You can see it in women's presence here in Europe and in the UK. They're very, very in tune with their feminine nature. And I think I've adopted that energy, that presence in me. And I see it in my photo. I, I don't know how to explain how I see it in my photos, but I see it in my photos. In in my photo a year ago, I'm very innocent. I'm very I, I still haven't seen the world and I and I'm still I still haven't dived into my full true inner 
sexy, feminine. But then when I look at my photo now, I see a full woman. And a woman who has developed the confidence and the courage in herself. And understands and knows her self-worth. But really knows it. And can stand true in her nature and in her footing to assure that everyone around her knows that she knows her worth. And I truly don't think that someone can find that until they really are forced to find it. And over the last year, moving through different challenging situations and moving through them by myself and traveling by myself has developed this confidence in me and has developed this sense of, I, I know my worth and I, and I know what I'm capable of accomplishing. And I know that if I put my mind to something, I know I can get it done. And I know I deserve so much because I offer so much to life and I, can, I have so much to offer to other people and to a partnership. And then I know that my sense of self-worth, I'm worth a lot. I'm worth a lot as an employee. I'm worth a lot as a romantic partner. I'm worth a lot in my friendships. And I'm, wor I'm worth a lot um, in the world, in what I have to offer in order to make the world a better place. In the last year, I've really grounded myself into that self-worth. And each time I greet a new challenge I make for myself and I accomplish it and I achieve it, it's like that confidence light brights, brightens and shines brighter. And the color gets more vibrant. And my energy has shifted to being this true, feminine, energetic woman within myself. And it's a very cool place to be. And I, I personally, I feel so proud of myself for getting to this and <laughs> to getting through this whole year. I think that's another concept that we need to be tuning into is being proud of ourselves. I think we're always looking for outward praise and, and being noticed for the things that we do. And that's why we post things on social media, right? We want to be outwardly praised for our appearance or for our accomplishments or, or the things that we're doing in our life. We want validation, but how often are we giving ourselves that validation? And how often are we giving ourselves that opportunity to be proud of ourselves? We're getting through those challenges and nobody else knows. Only you know how hard that challenge really has been. And only you know the amount of energy needed to get to that point of success. Only you know. So really, yes, it's nice to have outward praise and to have people say that they're proud of you for what you've accomplished. But only you being proud of yourself will really truly take into effect. Because only you will know what, what, what it 
took to get to that point. So when I think about the last year and what I've done and I've accomplished, it really didn't occur to me how much I had accomplished in the year until I was lying down on my lash girl's bed and she's doing my eyelashes and we're talking about me going home and kind of reminiscing on, you know, when she first started doing my lashes and she's like, when did I start doing your lashes? And I said, oh, well, I was right on top of that. My lashes are like my staple, my staple beauty routine. I can't not have lashes. I've had lashes for 10 years. I can't not have them. And so when I moved to London, that was a very one of the very first things that I, I seeked out was, okay, I need to find a good lash girl. And I searched and I searched and then I walked into this spa and this, I'm like, I need my lashes done. I'm, I'm so desperate, but you know, I'm, I need them done a specific way. And this girl in the spa had said, oh, you know, I know somebody who does lashes and she's close by, you know, here's her Instagram. So I'd reached out to her and it was the very, the first two weeks of me living in London, I, I needed to get my lashes done. And so that's when she started doing my lashes. And every since then, she was doing them every two weeks. So if you can imagine the relationship that's built, I, you know, every two weeks I see her for my lashes and I've been doing that for the last year. So I built this relationship with her and we're reminiscing about, you know, when I started coming to see her and, and she's seen me kind of go through the process of growth and, and the ups and downs and, and the stories I have to tell and the travel. And she's equally shared with me on her end, you know, her, her own personal things going on. And there's this open vulnerability between the two of us, which is nice for creating relationship building. And she says to me, she says, I am so proud of you for everything that you have done. You have done so well here in London. You came here and you knew no one. You didn't know a single person here. And you have not one, but many jobs and good jobs and you have traveled and you have accomplished so much being here in the year that you've been here. She's like, you know, people growing up in London don't even get that far. And there's still some people in London that are still searching for a job even. And, and you have managed to do this only being here in a, in a year. And she's like, that's, that's something pretty special. And uh, so I sat there and I thought about the comment. I thought about you know, what it took on the inside for me to do that. And hearing those words was validation that I am the strong and capable human being. And there's something inside of me that is of greater purpose. And for me to accomplish these things is working towards a greater purpose. And so I, I have absorbed this and it was nice to hear that she, and, and it's nice to hear from somebody who's seen me go through the growth process and seen me accomplish all of this. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and then I, and then I start reminiscing in my mind and I go quiet, you know, usually in the moments of getting your lashes done, we have talking times and then there's quiet times where I almost fall asleep. But in the time that I was quiet, I was thinking about 
what have I done over the last year? Well, I endured some pretty intense ups and downs. I got hit by a car. Um, I encountered a possible human trafficking situation that I haven't created a podcast or written about yet, but that is coming. Um, I have been through ups and downs through Airbnbs and I've been through the ups and downs of witnessing situations in London, in the school system. I have, on the positive sides, I have accomplished traveling to some really cool major countries and cities and, and exploring the world and exploring traveling by myself. I have experienced working in the school system, and, and I see that as both a negative and a positive, you know, as discovering who I want to be as a teacher and who I don't want to be as a teacher, um, but also seeing some really cool concepts that I feel like I want to take back with me into Canada. And one of the things that I want to take back with me is they do what's called religious education. And I think it's so necessary, and it's something that we actually don't have in Canada, or at least not in my home city, is religious education. And I'm not talking about the indoctrination of religion or anything like that. But what they do with their religious education is they take religions across the board, all religions, Christianity, um, they take uh, Judaism, they take the Islamic religion, they take Hinduism, they take Buddhism, they take Sikh and and all of these different religions, and they put it into a curriculum, and they teach these kids about, you know, what is the religion? What what do these religions teach? And, you know, what are their traditions? And what do they celebrate? And what's important to them? And I think that when I was learning about this curriculum and teaching it to the kids, I mean, it was easy for me to teach because I had dived into researching religion on my own for my own personal um, exploration and curiosity. Um, I mean, Bible, the Torah, the Quran, I read, I read them all. Maybe not the Bible as intensely because it's such a big read, but those, and then also I studied Buddhism, and then of course part of um, yoga teaching is the Buddhism concept and the mindfulness, but also a little bit of the Hinduism as well in that. And so I'd done a little bit of my own research on religious education, so for me diving into the to teaching it for the kids was easy for me. But what I learned was the importance of empathetic diversity. So not just understanding that diversity exists, and especially in the city of London, diversity definitely exists in central London. You see people from all cultures, all religions, all countries. And I think that's why they have that, is for creating empathy around different cultures and different religions so that they're creating a more cohesive society within London and so that there's this understanding that we're all different 
and and we all have our own ways of being and our values and, and what we connect with, and it's okay for us to be different. And so I'm taking that concept back with me. This is idea of religious education. Am I going to teach religious education in the schools? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that will come about, but I do know that this is something that I'm going to take with me. And I'm not sure exactly what it's going to turn into. The next thing was the acting lessons. It really made me realize how much I, I love to play. And that, that was a taking that course reminded me of the importance of play in life and, and to not to always take yourself too seriously. And it's important to let yourself go and to let yourself think outside the box. And, and it's okay to be different. So I really, really like that and help me dive into my, my emotional center a little bit deeper and opened up my mind to the different ways of that actors really dive deep into creating character and diving into themselves. So that was eye-opening. The friendships that I've made, the friendships I've made, I didn't realize that I was going to make these deeper friendships. I, I had no idea. I figured, because when I'd moved to Vancouver, I made friendships, but they weren't really on a deep level, quite like I have made here in London. I have made friendships that I believe were going to last a long time, like a very long time. And I have no doubt in my mind that these friendships are going to exist even beyond me staying or not staying in London. And not just the friendships, but the lessons learned through my work experiences and traveling on the tube and the train every day. And the lessons I've learned just being, just being in a busy city and knowing that I love the city culture, but I really, really miss, really, really appreciate how much nature we have around us in Canada. And so one of my biggest things that I'm looking forward to when I go back is forest bathing. And so it really, over the last year, taught me a lot of lessons about myself, how capable I am, about life, about dangers in society, about a whole concept on, you know, poverty and politics and class division, racial division, and all those big concepts that are so necessary to dive into to create change. And at the back of my mind, I'm not just tuning into this inner feminine, sexy woman, but I'm really tuning into grounding into my true value system and my purpose and having a bigger purpose. And this year was necessary for me 
And I knew deep in my soul before I even made this journey that this year was necessary for me. I knew before I came here, I needed to be here. I didn't know why. I just had this inner spark in me that was trying to light up, but it couldn't light up. And I knew that the only way to light it was to come here in London. And it's lit and it's bright and it keeps being becoming more and more bright and more vibrant. And I think I have, the biggest lesson that I've learned is really being open to life and being true to yourself always. Coming to the end of this podcast, you know, thinking about the last year of your life, have you changed? Where have you changed? You know, who are you now compared to who you were a year ago? Are there lessons, specific lessons that you've gone through that have created that change within you? And if you never went through those lessons as hard as they were, would you become the person that you are? Would you be the person you are right now? And sometimes people will look back at the hardships in their life and almost take this victim mentality, like, why me? Why did this happen to me? And, you know, why do I have to go through this? But instead of taking the victim mentality, and I think this is something that I truly do, and I, and I think, you know, I have a lot of haters out there that watch me on social media, and I know it, and I think they're waiting for me to fall, but I don't, I, I never fall because I never take the victim mentality. I'm, I'm always working towards that growth process. And so whatever comes at me, yes, I, you know, in the moment, maybe I get stressed or, you know, cry or whatever my emotional response is, but I always take it and I don't hold on to it. I take from it and I think to myself, what is the silver lining here? What do I need to learn from this situation? Where do I need to grow in order for this to not happen again? Or in order for me to not be in a situation like this again? What do I need to do in order to move forward and to grow? And so I never hold on to anything. I always find the silver lining. What's the growth process in there? What's the learning curve? And then I move forward with that. And so I never, I never hold on to things and I always move forward. And so sometimes what can happen is if we're holding on to the negative things or the things that have happened to us, we hold that in as almost like a trauma response. And then that comes out in our experiences in life, whether it's in our romantic relationships or in our family relationships or in our, our working space. And those traumas come out in reactions rather than responding to what's going on. And so for me, over the last year, I've, I've thought about this and thought about what has made me stronger. Well, what's made me stronger is not taking the victim mentality, but seeing every opportunity throughout the year, whether, you know, it's been super challenging or not, and seeing it as a growth process, what's the learning curve? And so as you think about the last year and who you are and who you've become and what's changed, you know, are you holding on to anything that you need to let go of? Are you, are you holding on to a victim mindset on, on anything? Be real with yourself, be honest, be true to yourself. 
Because that's the only way you can grow is if you're honest with yourself. What is what is it that I'm holding on to as far as victim mentality that I can let go of? And what is the learning curve from that situation where I can move forward and grow and become my best self? Something to think about over the next week. As always, I'm so happy to be sharing this adventure and sharing the wisdom I'm gaining from it and my thoughts and my opinions and having you listen every single week. It really, really is truly a blessing to have such dedicated people wanting to listen to what I have to say. And it's nice to hear the positive feedback, of course, always. And then, of course, I'm always open to, um, you know, what I can work on, what I can do better, because even I am learning on a learning curve throughout this whole process of creating this podcast. Um, so I hope that this was inspiring for you to reflect on and uh, over the next week and, and stay tuned for next week's episode. All right, take care. <laughs>